When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Vision Crypto. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to Real Vision, the Defiance Weekly Hebdomadal Hopscotch through the hoops and hopes of modern money. Blazing their way onto your screens today alongside your never-knowingly linguistically lopsided host is Real Vision Crypto producer Elaine Lee and the very own Cami from the block, it's Camilla Russo. <laughs> welcome team, welcome back to this trio of triumphalism on the screen. Um, well, look, the markets are telling us that things are, are they back? Cami, are, are we back? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. Um, but yeah, I mean, things are pointing up. Uh, Bitcoin uh, above 47,000. Right um, well, you know, it's, if you look kind of the past day, but like the trend, <laughs> it's looking good. Is your friend. The trend um, is your friend. That's what they the say. The trend is your friend. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like Ethereum is up and, you know, everything is kind of looking better uh, than it was. So, I don't know. Like, you never want to wanna say that um, the bear market is over and, like, what's happening with the bull market. Like, all we can say is, okay, like, there are different uh, drivers uh, and... Uh, and that, that may be fueling uh, a further increase. Um, so yeah, I, I think what, what's what's interesting is what's driving this market, um, which you know from the Ethereum front, there there seems to be this uh, optimism about uh, the merge finally happening. Um, and this has been, of course, a long time coming. Uh, we've been waiting for um, ETH 2.0 since basically Ethereum itself launched <laughs> in 2015. Uh, but now, you know, things are, are, are coming together. Uh, uh, there's a proof of stake chain that's, that's been uh, working uh, for months now. And, um, and, and test chains are, uh, you know, have already been uh, put to work with uh, with the merge itself so um i i believe it's 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 estimated to to actually happen in in the coming months so you know uh, that's that's on the ethereum side and then on the bitcoin side uh there's uh terra founder do Kwan kind of Saying that they 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 want to buy ten billion worth of Bitcoin. So I I, I don't remember uh, who tweeted this, but it's like no nobody wants to sell to Doquan. Like if you know there's going to be this like you know there's a buyer out there who can can just like backstop the price. Um, maybe that's adding some some sort of just uh, you know like floor uh, to the current market. Yeah, that that Doquan buying Bitcoin as a reserve is, is such a such a wild story because so often in in crypto you really don't know much. You have a kind of idea of things, but but basically you don't really know. And here you've just got 
I'm going to buy. That never happens. It's a situation I just I haven't seen in all the time I've been spend, spending on, on crypto. There's always this speculation. But here you've got this rock solid certainty and, and you're hearing that family offices and hedge funds are buying call options based on the knowledge that this single buyer, and let's be honest, that introduces an element of centralization, but it's a single buyer just coming into the market and saying, I'm buying. And you've also got Michael Saylor buying more and more Bitcoin. Elaine, how, how do you view this one? Wow, buying it all up. I just think, look, the whole diverge, it's, it sounds like it's buy the rumor, sell the news sort of situation, right? I don't think there's even an actual date that has been revealed. I don't think there's anything new. We don't actually, um, we always knew that ETH 2.0 was definitely coming this year, spring, summer sort of um, deal. But ETH 2.0 coming this year is not new, but FOMO is definitely kicking off. But this stuff is all very technical for me. So each time um, like a system upgrade comes my way, it's just never the explosion or the hype I anticipate after it's happened. But look, it's the back end stuff that's getting adjusted, right? All I want to know is, does it mean no more gas fees? It, I know Google Trends this week was just showing up people looking up ETH merge. So, you know, one of the biggest trends was ETH merge. Um, I know it's going from proof of work to proof of stake. So what does that mean for ETH miners and all their hardware? Does this have to, you know, will this mean that they will find different coins to mine and what will happen and will they be joining other mining pools? So I I think that's a really important space to watch. But from what I hear from leaders in the space that they are really bullish about this upgrade. And, you know, the big million dollar question is, is how high it can go by the end of the year. And I'm hearing some people are saying 30s in the next 12 months. So I would love to hear from you guys. What do you think it could be by your end? Well, I'm going to lay some smack down. Yes. Because... Because I need to push back on this. So first, first thing I need to, to push back on is ETH 2.0 is not what this is. ETH 2.0 was laid to rest at the end of last year. So what we have is a new kind of way of talking about this, which is not ETH 2.0. It's execution layer and consensus layer. And those two things make up Ethereum, not ETH 2.0. And the reason they've, they've done that is because there was a lot of scam tokens that jumped up um, that, were, that, were, that have suddenly appeared saying this is the ETH 2.0 token. And it's also to accurately reflect what's going on here. The merge itself is, it's an instance where what used to be the POW chain merges with what is now the beacon chain, which has been running for the last year, where they've been, it's been running on proof of stake, but no smart contracts. And they've been testing it out and making sure that it worked properly. People have also been able to stake on it. So it's been active as a proof of stake chain. People have been staking their ETH on there in various different ways, but securing the network and attracting enough collateral enough validators to make that network work what's going to happen now is that the proof of work chain all of its history all the ex transactions that have been there will merge with that beacon chain so that it becomes then a shard of what will then be the sharded ethereum network as it's meant to be but that sharded network with 64 shards won't come into being for a lot later so what we have here is basically the phases of Serenity. Serenity was the major update to the Ethereum blockchain. That kicked off at the end of 2020 with the launch of this beacon chain. It's been very slowly being put together. I think the reason people are excited is because the merge is a very visual way of saying this is the moment that Ethereum, the network that we knew as proof of work, moves to proof of stake. There are some significant 
gains to be made by doing that. But it's also worth bearing in mind that there are not necessarily the gains that you think there would be. So the, the main one is this will be 99.94% more efficient and better for the environment. That's, that's the big headline. And if you've heard all the criticisms about NFTs, it's about these are killing the baby seals and you know, the Ethereum network is inherently bad for the environment. That goes away with this. What it doesn't do away with is the price of transactions. Those will largely stay the same. All of that traffic has to be paid for in some way. Um, and that doesn't go away just because it moves to proof of stake, sorry to say. What will happen when we move to a sharded network is that it should become a lot faster, like it, it orders of magnitude a lot faster. Some of the other interesting things, um, there will be a dramatic, dramatic reduction in the issuance of new Ethereum tokens. Absolutely massive. And we're also predicting that the, um, the supply will contract at around 1.8% per year, thanks to the burn. Uh, the issuance will plummet to just about half a million a year. It's around about 5.9 million at the moment. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but that's kind of where it is. And then, yeah, basically at, at the moment, they need 16,384 validators in order to make the network secure enough to run. And they will have that adequately. Just bear in mind that you need 32 ETH to be a validator to activate the software. Does that help? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, I have a question. Go ahead. I mean, that is something that I can't really take to the dinner table to explain why I'm so bullish on ETH. But I want to know, I don't know. Okay, so what I'm hearing is, um, I need you to help me navigate this a little bit. So I'm hearing I need to stake my ETH. So any, what's the top three tips you would give me if I wanted to stake my ETH? Like, is it getting an NFT or like how, what's the best way of staking because I feel like that's the way forward, right? Well, and the, not yeah. Go, go ahead, Cami. You, you go, know go, this go. as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so NFTs have nothing to do with staking ETH, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, th there are very kind of easy and straightforward ways of, of staking ETH. Like you can you can do it just through Coinbase. Um, Coinbase is, is running, you know, Ethereum uh, validators uh, and, and you can use a, like just like a centralized uh, entity uh, like that. Uh, Lido is a popular way of uh, of staking ETH. Um, I, I think they right now they they are the, the most popular um, avenue for that. Um, the you know the, the the good thing about providers like like Lido um, and others is that you don't actually need 32 ETH. Uh, you can pull you, you know smaller amounts of ETH uh, together with others uh, to join a, a validator or, and earn kind of returns that are proportional to the the ETH that, that you've staked. Um, so you can go kind of the 
like third party su like supplier route um, and, and there's a few of them or you can go the more decentralized route and uh, spin up your own ethereum node and you will kind of need 32 eth uh, to to do that um, and you know the the um, i guess like the benefits of that is uh, you potentially get a higher returns because you don't need to pay a fee to like this to any third party uh, provider uh, you help with decentralizing the uh, the ethereum network um, and i believe there are um pretty kind of user-friendly ways of, of doing this like you don't need to be like a, a hacker or like computer scientist to to run on ethereum uh, validator. Uh, I think Rocket Pool is, um, is is one of the like the the, the providers that help you do this, um, and I know there's a, a couple of others. So, you know, I, I guess if, if you want to just like make it very easy, you can go like through uh, Lido or uh, or uh, Coinbase, and then you get uh, you stake your ETH and you get like staked ETH derivative like um a token that represents your ethereum deposits and um and that you know can be then traded in the secondary market if you want liquidity and because like and something to keep in mind is like once you stake your eth you can't get it back until um the ethereum kind of proof of stake chain is live and the withdrawals are are activated and that's kind of uncertain when that that is so that's that's something that that's a risk if something goes wrong maybe you know you won't be able to get your ethereum uh your, your state eth back but you do have these kind of derivatives that you get in exchange for staking your eth and those can be sold in the secondary market so you you know you are able to get some level of liquidity from that yeah that's that's lido lido is popular because of that very reason they call it liquid staking so you can mm -hmm. basically when you when you stake on a pos network you're committed that with those funds for a certain period of time and that's usually an epoch it might be three epochs and that could be as much as 12 days that your funds are committed to staking particularly with delegated proof of stake that's generally what happens at the moment there's only a one-way bridge to the beacon chain so once you stake and you move your funds across they ain't coming back until the merge happens so that's why this uh, Lido State ETH product, which is returning 4% at the moment, has been so popular. Now, bear in mind that 4% is not, it's not the sexiest return in the world, but if you're long ETH anyway and you wouldn't sell your bag for the world, then this is a way of earning a bit of interest and also participating in the network. And I think it's understated sometimes how much it means to people just to have the option to participate. If you're bullish on Ethereum and the merge, that is probably one of the biggest reasons to be bullish because at the moment it's incredibly restrictive for anyone to run a node. P POW is incredibly labor intensive. It's expensive. You have to be where there's cheap electricity. It's not for, for, it's like for a tiny minority of people with staking, anybody can participate. And, you know, if you're looking at the option of participating in, for instance, Facebook, and we believe that Ethereum could be a network as valuable as that network, that's a big deal. And that's why you can be bullish. And I think really, honestly, you don't want the price of Ether to go up because that will mean all the transactions become more expensive. You want it to stay the same and everyone to, to participate to get the reward out of the ETH network. Obviously, that's not going to happen. 
that's just a kind of utopian view on things. But when we talk about being bullish on Ethereum, I don't care about the price, to be honest with you. I care about the functionality. I care about the access, the participation, and really the optics of Ethereum as a network. It's greener. And we were looking at the White House office today saying they've issued a request for information seeking input on the energy and climate implications of digital assets. There is a... It, the merge itself is this big message saying we can reduce the carbon footprint of this network by almost 100%. That sends a big message to say, you know, we are working hard to address some of the concerns that are brought up about, you know, the impact of a blockchain network. That's a big deal. Maybe that makes it clearer. Any more That's questions? Timely. No, I'm good, but definitely lots of homework to take away from that. So yeah, you're there, mistaken. Oh, you're right home. Honestly, there isn't. It's it's there's been there's been a, a test net been running for a year. That test net works. They've tested the merge itself, which is taking the existing chain, smashing it together with the old with this this new chain. That will be Ethereum from now on. That literally is all the merge yeah. is. There's a whole bunch of yeah. other technical stuff, but that is like that's it. Yeah, I that's know, it. but I've got to go off my own now in the wide world and just like look at the programs that you're using and what you're staking on. This is all new. This is great. I have a lot of information. Again, again one stop, Lido, 4%, liquid staking. Liquid staking is just, is just the sexiest thing ever. Anyway, moving on <laughs> to another thing, which is the sexiest thing ever, uh, an EU vote on AML. Shall I take this I one on? I wouldn't call that sexy, but <laughs> go for it, Robin. That's irony. <laughs> so... <clears throat> So yes, so the EU in all their wisdom is voting on revised regulations targeting crypto transfers. And we've heard about FATFA and the travel rule in the past. Basically, it's asking digital asset service providers <clears throat> or VASPs as they're known to, to report on who's receiving funds and who's sending funds. And the, the reporting requirements are quite burdensome, but the EU is voting on a rule that would require exchanges to provide AML and KYC, not only on someone who's using the exchange, but the unhosted wallet to which you are sending funds to from the exchange. So let's say I want to send my mum some ETH and it goes above a thousand euros. I have to give the exchange my mum's address and details to prove Ew. that she's a real human. Yeah. That's what the EU is voting on this very day. And as I mean, it's obviously <laughs> completely impossible. So this is all about <laughs> unhosted wallets. It's, it, you know, if you have a MetaMask wallet, I mean, we shouldn't really say MetaMask wallet, but a MetaMask enabled wallet uh, or, or any wallet really on any network and you're sending more than a thousand euros, which, you know, if you've had a good week selling NFTs or flogging JPEGs, then, you know, you want to cash out. I'm afraid if you're cashing out to somebody else, you're going to have to report on them, which is, which is, which is ludicrous because it's basically effectively forcing individual citizens to police their friends and to spy on them and to give them up. And, it, and it, there's just so many strange and horrible implications to that. So we hope that this will be shot down and given more time to be nuanced properly. But it, it just shows you the environment that we're in, that these things are happening. And if they're implemented, and there are fines and everything attached to them, then exchanges will be forced to dramatically change the way they're doing things. And I think we, we all know that the choke point, the real sort of danger point is off-ramping. Um, so I'm curious, Cami, if you can see some longer-term effects if this 
were to go through? Well, I mean, this is really dangerous. It does have the potential to really limit DeFi um, adoption and development and innovation in you know one of the uh, largest economic sectors in the world. So it, it would it would be it would be very bad um, if if this went through. I mean, it would effectively effectively mean that people using um, non custodial wallets uh, like like MetaMask or like self custody wallets uh, won't be able to transact with um, exchanges with centralized exchanges or, or with any any sort of a centralized uh, platform that is complying with EU regulation. So what this does is it really kind of breaks that bridge between DeFi and CeFi, um, and it, it would force uh, users to to uh, kind of go further down kind of the decentralization spectrum and 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 have DeFi stay very much kind of in the wild west. Um, which I think that's really bad for for adoption, and I think it's kind of it goes against what regulators should want, which is you know a a, a more um, a more level uh, playing field where you know people can access both CFI and, and DeFi, and uh, everything is is uh, more uh, transparent. Um, I think this is a a, very, a bad way of approaching. Um, regulation in, in in crypto and decentralized finance uh, because they are trying to apply rules of the old system into a new system rather than using the tools of the new system to uh, in, enforce regulation. Like um, analysts have come so far with uh, with chain analysis, right? Um, and they've been able to to track down. Uh, criminals and and spot um, you know suspicious transactions with like blockchain analysis. So why not use that? Uh, why not why not use the tools that the like blockchain technology um, enables to track down you know uh, potential kind of wrongdoing um, than try to apply kind of these old system rules uh, like KYC AML. Uh, to to blockchain users, I, I think like a much better way of regulating this would be to use chain analysis to you know spot whenever there's like some some suspicious transaction and and track those specific addresses down rather than have to have everyone uh, give away their you know personal information regardless of whether their transaction is suspicious or not. That's just like a huge infringe infringement on on privacy. And again, it, it really threatens to limit um, innovation and, and DeFi adoption in the EU. They claim that the measures are designed to ensure crypto assets from potentially dodgy sources do not enter the regulated financial system. Um, but as you, as you rightly said, there's so many instances recently where wrongdoers have been tracked down and caught and prosecuted because the forensic accountant wizards uh, understand how this works and understand how to track the money. And it, it's astonishing that, that we're suddenly in this position of presumed guilty for everybody. Right. From the get-go. It's like, how did we get there? Like, you know, there is this this headline that blockchain and Bitcoin is for money laundering and for terrorists and for pedophiles. 
and it's like somebody somewhere just bought that and gone oh my gosh we can't have this <laughs> it's 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 the battle we're it's the battle we're facing and it 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 kind of gives us an interesting segue to the next big story that kind of popped up yesterday which was this hack on the ronin bridge which is axie infinity one of the massive success stories of last year play to earn a huge game where we heard people in the philippines playing this game and and able to subsist and support themselves during the pandemic and axie infinity built their own chain and there's a bridge to that chain that enables people to move value backwards and forwards and i think we discussed this last week but bridges bridges are incredibly vulnerable and here we have an exploit for more than 600 million dollars this is a huge huge story elaine you were at nft la and the ceo of axie infinity was there what did he say the Jiho, that's right. Your girl this week is in LA. That's why I'm in some random hotel room. Um, so I think the heart drop moment is when um, the the network basically tweeted out, we are working with law enforcement officials, forensic cryptographers, and, all, and our investors to make sure that orphans are recovered or reimbursed. All of the um, uh, AXS and RAN and SLP on RUNIN are safe right now. Um, and you know, this is where Jiho, um, the CEO of Axie Infinity, was the opening speaker at NFT LA. And it's sort of like, you know, this this was everybody was going into this massive conference room knowing that this has happened. Um, but it seems like people were actually unperturbed by the news. I think if you're part of the Axiom community right now, and if you're natively gaming and building on Web3, you know the bigger the community you're is, the more vulnerable and more of a victim you're going to be prone to a, a hacker attack. And, you know, it's important to, to also note that the Axie community is really a community that is on another level when it comes to the power of community because you see everybody just ramp up and activate and and just talk to one another and problem solve with one another and you know it's just a, a another hurdle that actually will have to combat and you know there's team members here in LA the event that they organize in LA still happens so I would love to have been a fly on the wall for talking to many um Axie fans there but you know he said that we real uh Jiho was he said on stage that we realized the run-in network has been exploited for 173,000 ethereum that's around 25 uh, million dollars in uh, usdc it is one of the bigger hacks in history and um, he continued to say that we believe in the future of the internet, that it is open and owned by the users. And then just to give you another um, reaction from Andrew Campbell, and he is the program lead from Sky Mavis HQ. And he said, you know, tweeted out that tough day, but for everyone, the Sky Mavis team is heads down and focus on finding the best possible solutions. We are on full steam ahead with meeting up in LA tonight and still excited to see the fans that have already traveled um, to the event. But, you know, for me, who is someone had their introduction to the whole Axie Infinity team, just start by watching their 20-minute doc documentary on Play to Earn um, around users using the program in the Philippines. Just a lovely documentary to really understand how Axie Infinity works from all different kinds of generation using that game. I, you know, that was in August. For me, it's just, I see a young leader in the space that has matured very quickly over the, just a little bit over the 
past six months. So I think, you know, what's important now is just how the leaders and the communities are going to overcome it. And of course, I hope that people will eventually get their, you know, their stuff back. And I just think that communities that are constantly building right now must put security at the forefront as they grow, whether it's user experience or how they're you know, building on tech at the back end. I just think security has to come hand in hand in that in that as they grow. So, you know, if anyone is watching this show, I'd love to hear your story. So drop it in your comments. That's my thought on Axie. Cammy, there was some there was some strange things about this one. Did anything yeah. that kind of jumped out at you is like that's a bit a bit strange. A bit strange. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look yeah like th this is a, a really like interesting project like we've reported a lot on the defiant about how you know this has helped uh, supplement income for uh, the philippines and other emerging countries but you know like they grew up fast um they they were holding you know hundreds of millions of dollars in user funds and so you know, that comes with a lot of responsibility. Um, and so a few things that were interesting um, or, you know, notable about this hack is, first, this happened uh, a week ago. Um, and it was, you know, it was discovered six days after, after it had actually happened. Um, so I think, you know, that, that is, that, that was like, pretty mind-blowing like how can 600 million dollars uh disappear and nobody notice like there's something off there in in kind of the chain of command or like whoever needs to be overseeing this bridge or you know um like the, the security there uh, the people re responsible for security i mean that, that's pretty mind-blowing that that just uh you know, people just noticed uh, yesterday because somebody, there was a user that reported that they were not able to withdraw 5,000 ETH from the bridge. And so that called the attention of, oh, there's something wrong. Um, and so that kind of pointed to uh, to funds being, miss, uh, being missing. Um, so that's one curious thing. Um, and the, the other one is just the reason why this happened. And it's because the this uh, running bridge uh, was secured by a, a multi-sig uh, wallet. Uh, so you know these types of wallets requ require um, a minimum number of signers to um, to sign a transaction before anyone is able to make any specific transaction or or withdrawal or or or, or act or with with the wallet. And so this multi-sig required five out of nine. Um, signers, and the hacker was able to gain control of of those five uh, of those five wallet uh, participants. So it was able to um, gain control of four Sky Mavis uh, um, con uh, how, how do you call it um, signers, I guess, um, multi sig signers, and and one uh, validator from. Uh, uh, from the Axie DAO itself. So, you know, that's that's kind of the danger of these multi-sig controlled bridges and chains is that they they are very centralized. You know, you you're you only require 
to gain control of a few number of, of validators and funds are, are at risk. Um, and so that's, that's pretty scary. And that just like also calls into question other similarly controlled and centralized bridges. Um, you know, um, there, there's been kind of questions uh, on on how Polygon is being secured um, and, and others as well. So that's something that users should be aware of uh, whenever they are trusting their funds on, on a bridge or a chain. Just make sure, you know, to know how many people are securing that bridge. You know, this is not like Ethereum or Bitcoin where there's thousands and thousands of nodes and it's very hard to corrupt that system and to and to gain control of 51% of the Ethereum network. In this case, you only require uh, five people, like five validators, uh, five accounts, um, and that's it. And they were able to to steal uh, $600 million from, from that bridge. So right now, you know, um, Sky Mavis, the Axie team is, they say they're in talks with, with uh, regulators, with law enforcers to, um, you know, to, to control the situation. Um, I believe that uh, users are not able to, to withdraw or deposit funds uh, to the run-in network. So everything is um, a bit frozen at the moment. And it's, it's unclear kind of what the outcome of this uh, will be. In other cases, hackers have returned the funds or, or have returned part of the funds. And, um, and then kind of the team treasury has been able to compensate the rest. And so users have been uh, able to like walk out uh, unscathed, um, unclear if that's going to be the case here. And, you know, like, yes, like community is very strong and important and so on. But we shouldn't just like brush off what this means for users. Like people will potentially lose money here. Um, and, you know, that's that's important. And that's something to kind of think about and 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 there's, you know, the, the um, it it kind of like just highlights how quickly the space ha has grown and how the the teams in control of of these funds really need to kind of ramp up security and and uh, and be responsible uh, for for their user funds. Yeah, I I I completely agree with you, Camilla. This is idiotic. It's unnecessary. And it's negligent, to be honest with you. But you can't have that much value just secured in this haphazard way. The fact that they didn't even spot it for six days, it's absurd. And we yeah, should give them wild. shit for that. We should give them shit for that. <laughs> There's a lot of questions about Axie Infinity that, that need asking. The whole play-to-earn model is, is complicated. There's basically tantamount to slavery with these, you know, these yield uh, guilds that are coming along exploiting work it, it's it's tough and I, I like i fully respect what they've managed to accomplish but man come on this is ridiculous that is a huge amount of money and it just walked out the door and what what's so surprising about it is it's like ah oh, it's okay we'll make uh, we'll reimburse you it's like no the optics around this space are that it's just kind of free money raining from the skies this does nothing to rectify that it's they've got to do better they've got to do better Interesting enough, there was another hack uh, earlier this week from what looks like a teenager on a protocol called Casio.
but they were drained for $52 million. And it was a decentralized exchange called Sabre that was encouraging users to deposit funds into this uh, stablecoin mechanism. And it got hacked. And they said, no, no, yeah, we don't have the money. We can't pay you back. And that was a real stink. So we, we, we actually covered that earlier in the week. And it just kind of reminded me that like, mm. like money is money. It's real. It's real. And I, and I think it's, you know, when Jump Crypto bailed out the wormhole, it set a dangerous precedent that there's just, there'll be money somewhere. Maybe it's the ApeCoin <laughs> drop. Maybe they'll just kind of dig into, you know, they'll do an edge. Oh God, it's, it's, it's grim sometimes looking at all of that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's, um, that's where we are. Uh, Elaine, I'm, I'm curious, how is NFT LA? Is, is it fun out there? Do you get a sense that NFTs are still vibrant and buzzing or is there kind of like some reality checks going on? Look, we've got to the first quarter of this year thinking, ugh, another project. And it just feels a bit stale. But look, just being here on the ground, there is queues and queues of people um, just lining up to get into this event. And it's great. You see people, you know, dressed up as their NFT picture or what have you. Miami NFT next week is just going to happen back to back. So there are people who want to come to these things. And we are here this week. I am here this week. Um, yesterday, I spoke to the CEO of Rarible, who was this really impressive 27-year-old, like, math musician genius. And it's just like, I've been building Rarible for two and a half years. And he is one of the major sponsors at the event. But it was just great to, you know, get the man of the hour in the corner and really ask about him, you know, how did you manage to build one of the top five NFT um, marketplaces? And it was just interesting to hear that I, what I didn't know was Rarible had um, not only uh, Ethereum that you can buy your pieces with, there's like, I think it was Tezos and Polygon. So that was a really nice, interesting conversation. But it, it basically, it's a full four-day event at the LA um, Convention Center right here at downtown Los Angeles. It's great to see like the Crypto.com Center, obviously. Um, and just, you know, I've been speaking to artists who are looking for builders or builders looking to find their users. But people here are serious about NFTs. You know, one of these tickets is a thousand bucks a pop and VIP tickets go for <laughs> not done yet. And VIP tickets go for six thousand. OK, what? and then yeah. And then oh. it's, so basically, you know what the thing is, it's it's. These NFT look, it, it, people need in real life human events for for to to find you know the next. <laughs> Robin, get back here. So you know it's um, about advancement of NFTs. What's the next level? <laughs> what's the next level of utility? Look, I'm halfway through this mad event, but Mark Cuban has taken the stage. Steve Aoki tomorrow, I think, or today, I can't remember. Andrew Yang is the closing speech. And, you know, what I'm learning is that here, 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 look, look, give me one more minute. What I'm learning is that projects that don't have it, <laughs> projects that don't have a huge following are actually making actionable changes with NFTs. So, for example, lots of money from pizza dow um there's they only have a couple of thousand dollars but they are sending out pizzas in all over the world across the antarctic apparently in korea to africa mind-blowing and then you've got um 
another project that I found really interesting talking about uh, miners that we touched upon is Blockchain Miners Club with over 20,000 followers. And they essentially function like a DAO. They have like managed to rack up 129 Bitcoin miners. That's not a short change uh, when you get these machines like validating Bitcoin transactions. So I think just listening to core community members, it's been great down here. Elaine, you, you said everything. You had all the words there. Um, Cami, <laughs> speak. Say something. Uh, <laughs> look, like, I appreciate kind of the enthusiasm. I guess, like, I'm, I'm a little bit jaded. Um, it, call it kind of years of like watching these cycles go up and down and projects like rush into the space and then kind of drain the space and um i don't know it's it's just like a, a very kind of uh, hype hyped up uh, cycle um with nfts um and i don't know people spending six thousand dollars in a mm -hmm. ticket to a conference that's I don't know. That's that's way too much. That, that's that's a real kind of top <laughs> signal to me. It's like, what are you like? What are you? What's your return on that ticket? Like, what are you trying to get? You know, it's like. Can I can I, I tell you something else? So what? It's like a Google Doc. <laughs> There's like a Google, Google Doc of events, and it just goes on There's and a, on. There's a Google Doc. Mm -hmm. which has nothing to do with NFTLA that's going around. So for uh -huh. the people who don't attend the LA uh, NFTLA can still participate with the crowd. Of course, like, I think everyone here agrees that NFTs are a technology that's here to stay. Like, of course, like digital property, own, digital ownership. Yes, like fully behind NFTs. I think they're a revolutionary invention. Um, there will be a key... Um, building block for crypto and, and blockchain, but just like the, the current hype cycle of like NFT kind of avatar PFP project after avatar project. It's like, it's, it's too much. Like I don't see any kind of real innovation here that they're, they all look like, like the same. Um, I, I'm so tired of the publicity stunts. I'm so tired of like the celebrities and influencers just like, plastering an, an NFT on their avatar and you know it's I don't know um I, I, I am you. kind of a, a bit you. a bit jaded uh from you know all, all, like we've, we've had this happening for like how many months now it's like okay I think it's 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 enough like just like <laughs> calm down Let, let's let's bring it back to earth let's bring kind of real utility to uh to like NFT technology um and yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's kind of my my take. On, but... on that note, I believe uh, NFT NYC coming over to you very shortly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, be there or be square. We're square, uh, square image, square JPEG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's a, a fitting place to kind of uh, leave things open ended and slightly skeptical and cynical, and we'll leave Elaine Lee to chug as many margaritas as she can handle in the presence You're of all those right. crypto bros. <laughs> In other news, uh, Solana is was going to integrate with OpenSea, joining Polygon. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but it, I guess it's a thing. 
So that really uh, gives us a chance to, to, to wrap it up and stop aping into each other's conversations. And maybe we can agree <laughs> on one thing, which is that this is the end of the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next wow. week. This is Real Vision versus The Defiant. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to Real Vision Crypto. For more great crypto content like this, head over to realvision.com forward slash crypto and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.